Hi, I'm Scott Hervey. And I'm Josh Escovita. Welcome to another installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. We're here today to discuss some courtroom or litigation theatrics, for lack of a better way to put it. And specifically, I mean, we're here to talk about copyright litigation that arises out of the musical Jersey Boys. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Jersey Boys, it depicts the history of the four seasons and their origins in New Jersey from the 1950s all the way up until their induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1990. The musical debuted on Broadway in 2005 and ran for over 10 years. They toured the country repeatedly. They even had a feature in Las Vegas for quite some time and it was eventually adapted into a movie in 2014. That's right. Uh, quick trivia question, Josh. Do you know who directed that musical, that 2014 musical? I uh, actually do, Scott. I've watched the movie enough times that uh, I remember. I believe it's Clint Eastwood. Is that right? That's right. The outlaw Josie Wales directing a musical. <laughs> Dirty, Dirty Harry directing a musical. Gotta love it. Yeah, who would have guessed? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, so this stem claim, this, this case stems from a claim that uh, Frankie Valley, who was the front man of the Four Seasons, and other uh, persons associated with the creation of the musical, infringed the copyright in an unpublished biography that was written by a former band member, Tommy DeVito, and a writer, Rex Wood. Uh, an interesting fact, and one that will be important later on to remember, is that Apparently, the writers of the musical had access to the biography in researching and writing the musical. Uh, so a complaint was filed in 2007 alleging that the uh, musical infringed the uh, unpublished biography. The case went up to the Ninth Circuit on two in 2015 on matters not related to the plaintiff's copyright infringement claim. On remand, the district court granted summary judgment in part, holding that while there was substantial similarity sufficient to, enjoy, uh, to avoid summary judgment, at least with respect to thin copyright protection, most of the similarities were based on historical facts or ordinary phrases, and the similarities based on protectable material were insufficient to entitle the work to regular or thick protection as a matter of copyright law. The case proceeded to trial, the jury found for the plaintiff on the infringement claim. They found that the play or the musical infringed the biography, that the use of the biography was not fair use, and the jury allocated 10% of the success of the musical to the infringement of the biography. Uh, after the verdict, the district court granted the defendant's motion for a judgment, of the, judgment as a matter of law as to fair use. They denied the defendant's other motions and they granted a motion for a new trial on uh, apportionment of damages. Then the parties appealed to the Ninth Circuit. And on matters such as these, the appellate court reviews the, the decision de novo, meaning that they take a fresh look at the decisions that were made and they aren't necessarily required to give deference to uh, most of the findings and conclusions drawn by the trial court. So in doing so in a copyright case, the court often looks first to what to the protectable elements of the underlying work and asks itself, does this dispute concern uh, protectable elements of that underlying work? And if the court finds that it does, 
Then the court next looks to determine whether there's a substantial similarity between the two works as it relates to those protectable elements. This is the extrinsic test that we previously discussed during our briefing on the Empire copyright litigation, wasn't it? Right, yeah, at least the first part relates to the extrinsic test. And, and it, was a good, it was a good thing that the Ninth Circuit did that because at the district court level, like there was a lot going on, right? You had analysis of protectable elements, you had analysis of fair use, uh, and um, it seems that everybody kind of stepped over um, one of the basic issues and, and the Ninth Circuit laid the groundwork out for that in the beginning of this opinion. And it reminded the reader that the copyright law offers no protection for facts or ideas. Copyright law only protects the author's original expression of facts and ideas. I can see the difficulty in analyzing a claim of copyright infringement when the work that's allegedly infringed is a biography or some other mixture of fact and fiction. Right, and the court acknowledged that difficulty. Um, but the court also said like that's the, that's the court's obligation in employing the extrinsic test to delineate the protectable expression from non-protectable facts. And in recognizing the tension with respect to uh, works of this nature, works of facts or works of a mixer, mixture of facts and fiction, in this case, work of fact and biography, the court says that it's a feature of copyright law and it's not an anomaly that authors who deal in facts rather than fiction receive an incomplete or thin, as the district court said, a copyright protection for the result of their labor. Uh, the court took a detailed look at the elements that went to the jury for determination of substantial similarity. And the Ninth Circuit ultimately found that all of these elements were unprotectable facts. They were historical elements. Interesting. And how did the court treat the allegation that the authors of the musical used the biography as source material? Yeah, that was a very interesting aspect of this opinion. And I think it will give producers and, and folks like me who clear, um, clear productions some degree of comfort. First, the court expressly states that copyright does not prevent a subsequent user from copying a prior author's work uh, where those elements are not protectable. In other words, with regard to this case, the writers of the musical were free to use the biography as a historical reference and they were even free to copy factual historical aspects from the biography. I understand that the plaintiff alleged that the authors of the musical copied elements from the biography that were actually fiction. How did the court address that, Scott? Yeah, this is another interesting aspect of this opinion. And actually, the Ninth Circuit uh, adopts a new doctrine here. Um, the Ninth Circuit, they adopted the doctrine of copyright estoppel, but the Ninth Circuit said that we're not going to call it copyright estoppel like lots of other circuits do. We're going to call it the asserted truth doctrine because, well, we're the Ninth Circuit and we have to be different. So they didn't say that. I'm just being funny. Under the asserted truth doctrine, elements of a work presented as facts are treated as fact, even if the party claiming infringement contends that the elements are actually fictional. Thus, if an author like the author of, of a biography, holds a work out as nonfiction, that author cannot later say gotcha and claim in litigation that aspects of the work were actually fictional and entitled to full copyright protection. And this, this aspect, the application of this doctrine, the asserted truth doctrine, applies not only to narrative, but also to dialogue. So 
if in the biography, which was the case here, um, the authors of the biography laid out dialogue that they claim actually happened, well, the writers of the play were free to lift that material as historical facts, even if the biography authors were embellishing or were just being straight up, you know, creating a work of fiction. Sure. So really interesting, really interesting opinion here. Um, we've got a, uh, an interesting, um, some interesting insight for producers of biopics, namely that, you know, they can feel free to use as source material biographies if they are uh, uh, producing a motion picture uh, that is somewhat factual in nature about a historical event or a, or a person. And they also like don't need to fact check the biography and they can take all of the assertions of fact in that biography as fact and not worry about later getting a gotcha by the author of the biography. That's interesting, Scott. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Josh. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. And if you're interested in more content like this, please uh, check out our YouTube channel and see our blog at the IPLawBlog.com. Mm -hmm.